0: God is wanting to do something in our midst. Uh, I can always uh, tell uh, that He's up to something. Different reasons sometimes. Sometimes we just see God doing so many things that you have to come to the conclusion that He wants to do something spectacular. Other times it's uh, you're you find yourself under an attack, and and I know Woody and I are killing ourselves working on this lobby, and both of us are struggling physically. All the dust. There's 50 years of dust up in that attic, and uh, so we're both fighting it in our voice and and things like that. And and typically I can sense that that. That during those seasons when the enemy's fighting like that that God wants to do something special and I told you last week that I am Uh, I I really sense that God had spoken to me and said that he wants to pour out a dangerous blessing on us. I I don't know if you've received that yet. I doubt it. I I think it's, you may be on the tip of the iceberg, but I just sense that God is bringing us to a place where you're going to be so blessed that it is going to be dangerous to you and you're going to have to get other people involved in your miracle. And so we talked about that late last week to to lead up to this week in this new series that I want to start this morning called The Hunger Games. And so I want you to join me, if you will, in Mark chapter 8, uh, and, and we're going to read Mark chapter 8, verses 1 through 8. I want to talk to you this morning about demand and supply. Uh, I recognize that from what we've learned in school, that's a, that's a switch there, but uh, I did that on purpose. I want us to talk about demand and supply. And I challenge you to, over the next two to three weeks, to really concentrate your attention on on your spiritual appetite, whether you have any or not, whether you're really as hungry as you should be or not. And I will tell you this morning that my sole desire, my sole purpose, my sole intention this morning is to challenge you. I don't know that I'll encourage you that much. I just want to challenge you. If you get mad, that'll be all right. If you get upset with me, that'll be all right. If you get angry at me, that'll be all right. As long as it causes you to stop and think and to challenge yourself and to see where you are in your spiritual appetite. And so this morning is is going to set the scene, set the the backdrop, the stage, if you will, for where we're going to go over the coming weeks. And so there in Mark chapter 8, I want to read to you this very familiar passage of scripture. I've known this story as as long as many of you had have all my life and never really thought about it quite like this. So I want you to look at this. In Mark chapter 8, it says Jesus is uh, right in the middle of his earthly time here, his, his public ministry, and his teaching has garnered him, if you will, some acclaim, some attention to the place that what he is saying is so radical and so different than what they've been hearing from their own teaching and preachers that people begin to flock to him and they begin to follow him, to listen to him. So this is what happens. It says in in verse 1, it says, At about this time, same time, he again found himself with a hungry crowd on his hands. If at the end of this series uh, that could be said about us, then I'll be happy because I think it always bodes well for us when Jesus finds himself with a hungry crowd on his hands. And that's what he does. He says he found himself with a hungry crowd crowd on his hands and he called his disciples together and said this crowd is breaking my heart they have stuck with me for three days and now they have nothing to eat if i send them home hungry they'll faint along the way some of them will have come a long distance and his disciples responded what do you expect us to do about it buy food out here in the desert he asked how much bread do you have seven loaves they said so Jesus told the crowd to sit down on the ground and after giving thanks he took the seven bread loaves he broke them into pieces and he gave them to his disciples so they could hand them out to the crowd. They also had a few fish and he pronounced a blessing over the fish and told his disciples to hand them out as well. And the crowd ate its fill. Seven sacks of leftovers were collected. There were well over 4,000 at that meal. I, I, I'm convinced of some things out of this passage and some implications for us, some, some things that we need to learn this morning, some things that we need to address in our own lives. The, the first thing I am convinced is, is that we are trained to avoid hunger. Uh, in America in, in particular, not not in every other country, not in every other culture. I know m- most of you are watching the Olympics like I am, and we see all these countries represented. And, and, and w- when it's all said and done, I, I don't know if, if you've ever traveled outside uh, the United States, but when it's all said and done, we've got it pretty good here. We uh, I've been to some other countries, and I'm always glad to come home. I'm thankful for the blessings that we have here. But I've learned that we are trained to avoid hunger. That's why we have fifth meals and Fourth meals. That's why uh, drive throughs are open 24 hours a day just in case you need a taco at 325 in the morning. Uh, just, just in case you find yourselves with a few hunger pains here and there, you just got to get up out of bed and go get yourself something to eat at that time. 24 hours a day open for us to, uh, to be available to us. I even heard a, a few weeks ago on the radio that there's a company in California that is literally delivering tacos by remote control blimp so you don't even have to leave your house. They fly the little blimp to your house and drop off tacos on your front porch. We are trained to avoid hunger. That's why right in between meals we need a snack. That's why right after we've gorged ourselves at a restaurant we got to go get ice cream. That's why we're constantly finding food. We don't really understand the, the concept of hunger. I'm thankful for that. I understand that except in severe cases, most of us have never truly been hungry. Most of us have never really had to go days without food, weeks without food uh, wondering, am I ever going to eat again where, where we're totally incapacitated by that that hunger in our life. We've never, I'm thankful that for most of us, although we may not always get to eat what we want to eat we, we aren't at the place where we're starving to death. and So I'm thankful for that, but I'm also concerned that what has taken place is that our lack of physical hunger has now seeped over into our spiritual walk and our spiritual life. We are so full physically that we are no longer hungry spiritually. We are trained to avoid hunger. I watch as people go weeks and months and years and even decades without having a new fresh encounter, a new fresh experience, a new fresh taste of God, and there's no panic, there's no worry, there's no slight bit of concern, it's just this is the way it is and I'm satisfied like this. I'm trained to avoid hunger, so if He won't feed me, then I'm not hungry anymore. We're trained to avoid that hunger we, when the reality is this morning that, is, that if we go one minute without encountering and experiencing God, we should be falling apart. The truth be told, if, if we really recognize the importance and the need of an encounter and a daily interaction with Christ for us to go one minute, let alone one week or one month or one year without an, a fresh encounter, seeing Him, feeling Him, hearing Him, touching Him, sensing Him, we should be panicked beyond consolation. Nobody ought to be able to convince us that that's okay. And yet we find ourselves with lack of hunger. I draw your attention to that because out of this passage of Scripture, what I've discovered is that these folks have been following Jesus day after day maybe they had a meal to begin with and maybe they had snacks for the journey up to a certain point but now after three days they find themselves with nothing to eat the the, these folks that were following Christ to hear Christ to encounter Christ to hopefully touch Christ they had a supply issue that was their issue they had a Supply issue. They lacked anything to fill their hunger. They, they didn't have any means by which to deal with their hunger. Their issue was not supply. Or their issue was supply. They, they, they didn't have what they needed to have to fill that hunger in their lives. But I am convinced this morning that we don't have a supply issue. We have a demand issue. They had the supply issue. We don't have a supply issue. We have a demand issue. Uh, we we have more praise we have more preaching we have more resources we have more learning we have more teaching than any other generation that's ever walked the planet most of you have 96 versions of the Bible in your phone right now you have access to more gospel you have more access to word you have more access to praise and worship you can even turn on Pandora on your iPhone or your iPad and narrow it down to the exact kind of praise and worship that put pushes your button, you have more supply than you've ever had in your life. Our problem and our issue is not supply. Our problem and our issue is demand. Now, we like to, we like to say and claim that our issue is supply because we try to hide behind that. If I could just, if I could just find an anointed praise team, then I could get what I need from God. If I could just find, if I could just get a little more word. I just can't seem to get any word. Uh, uh, and it's a supply issue in my life. If I could just if I could just find a, a little bit cooler church. And that at that moment I know that I would have my needs met. And my supply issue would be dealt with. But I am here to inform you that we don't have a supply issue. There's still as much of God as there has always been. And grace is still sufficient. And presence is still accessible. And our issue isn't our supply deal our issue is that we don't place a demand on the supply of God we have simply become apathetic to the need of him I know it's quiet in here that's all right y'all don't have to help me I know I'm telling the truth we simply have not because we ask not. The Bible puts the demand on us. The supply is sure. The supply isn't diminished. The supply has not been taxed beyond its ability to meet our need. We are told that those that hunger and thirst for righteousness will be filled. So I am convinced if that that our problem is not a lack of righteousness supply. Our problem is a lack of desire. What we have is an epidemic of lack of hunger. These folks were so hungry for time with Jesus an encounter with Jesus that, that a moment with him a touch with him that they followed for three days giving no thought to their physical needs none at all they didn't even think about their physical needs I, I think if I'd have been in that crowd I would after about two and a half days I'd look at my lunch sack and realize that all my supplies are gone and I would have begun to ask some questions but we're not told that they ever even begin to worry about their needs their physical needs they were so hungry for a pr- touch from God and an encounter with God and in a moment with Jesus that they didn't even think about any of that. And yet our problem is, is we can't stay in worship service 15 minutes past our normal lunch schedule because we start getting the shakes and, and we can't handle it anymore. We, be, we become controlled by our physical bellies. And I just came to tell somebody the more optional church becomes the less impact it's going to have on you. Y'all didn't get that. The less optional, the less optional your time. Well, I can take it or leave it. I can live without it. That this becomes to you, the less impact it will have on you. We've got to come back to that place where we're hungry for a touch from God again. We have become controlled by the Physical. Our physical need has overpowered our spiritual need. Our schedules are no longer controlled by or set by encounters with God, but instead we allow our physical needs for food and activity and trips to dictate our life, dictate our calendar, dictate our spending habits so that our level, our hunger level has gone down so low that there's no demand on the supply that God has. That supply goes totally untapped. I'm convinced that God still has the ability to fill us. I got two people that believe that God is still able to meet our needs. We're so apathetic we don't even care. We're warned that that will happen. We are told that that is going to be an issue. In Philippians chapter 3 verse 15 through 19, listen very carefully what the writer says. He says this, so let's keep focused on that goal. Those of us who want everything God has for us, if any of you have something else in mind, something less than total commitment, God will clear your blurred vision. You will see it yet. Now that we're on the right track, let's stay on it. Listen, stick with me, friends. Keep track of those you see running this same course headed for this same goal. There are many out there taking other paths, choosing other goals. Yeah, there's a bunch of folks out there that used to be hungry for God that are now choosing other goals. And trying to get you to go along with them. Oh, you don't need to go to church. You don't need no time with the body. You don't need no time in, the, in prayer. Don't, don't prepare. Just walk in. You don't need, they'll, they'll be prepared for you. Don't. I've warned you. Here's what he says. I've warned you uh, of them many times. Sadly, I'm having you do it again. All they want is easy street. They hate Christ's cross, but Easy Street is a dead-end street. Those who live there make their bellies their gods. Belches are their praise. All they can think of is their appetites. If that, if there was ever a description of the church today, that is it. Don't you dare keep me past an hour and 15 minutes. Don't you dare cause me to have to to work at this. Y'all just get it ready. I'll show up, and it should be a buffet. And if I don't like the buffet, I'll go somewhere else. I'm preaching. Y'all don't have to like me much. I told you you weren't going to. We're not hungry anymore. How many blessings? How many breakthroughs? How many miracles? How many healings? How many uh, spiritual encounters are missed, forfeited, and lost forever forever simply to a to the, the root cause of that is simply lack of demand, lack of hunger. We've forgotten this promise. The promise is this, ask and you shall receive. We, we've lost the concept. We've missed the concept there that is this, you ask and you keep on asking. So what has happened is if it requires time, if I have to ask one more time and if I have to ask more than once and after the first ask it did isn't met, then I'm just going to move on and do something else. I've tried this for two weeks. So if it requires me more than one hour on Sunday service, if it requires tarrying, we don't even know what tarrying is anymore. If it requires interruption of my plans, if it requires discomfort, if it requires fasting, if it requires extended prayer time, if it requires anything above and beyond what I'm comfortable with, then I'm not really that interested in obtaining it. I'd rather just do something else. We lack hunger. We lack demand. We want old-time power. We just don't want old-time sacrifice. We want to talk about what it used to be like, but we won't pay the price that they used to pay. We want to talk about what we used to encounter, but we won't do the same things we did back then because we're too busy and we're too apathetic and we really don't care. Don't get me wrong now. Please, I I, I always want to preach with balance. So I want you to hear this statement I'm going to make because I understand if you're not careful, you can swing the pendulum the other way. I want you to catch this. I am not saying that if it isn't marathon church, then we don't have any hunger. I've been to that church. They'd stay long just to say they had church what I am saying is that I am talking about an attitude I am talking about a complete lack of expectancy I am talking about being okay with not seeing feeling hearing or touching God length does not denote depth I am calling you to the place of hunger I am calling you to the place of expectation I am calling you to the place where you become desperate again for a touch from him where we recognize that we do not have a supply issue we have a demand issue and we become so start for his presence again and so desperate for a touch from him that we will do our part to get everything that we can get from God and we won't let anybody else derail us and we won't become satisfied with going through the motion services and we won't stroll in here and think, well, I hope they got it ready for me because I hadn't even thought about church since last Sunday. I'm talking about people that become hungry again. See, I'm convinced the third thing I'm convinced of is that apathy has overtaken appetite. The Bible says that Jesus recognized and responded to their hunger. Jesus recognized and responded to their hunger. In fact, from what I've read, every time Jesus was ever around anybody that was hungry, he responded. Maybe he doesn't recognize any hunger in us anymore. Maybe that's why he's not responding. Y'all don't like that statement, but I am convinced of that statement that Jesus is looking for and watching for hungry folks. He goes out of his way to feed those who are hungry. He is literally moved to meet the need maybe if Jesus Jesus isn't moving on our behalf the problem is is that we haven't placed any demand on his supply and we've become so apathetic that our appetite has been overwhelmed to the place where we sit down and say I don't care if I'm hungry I don't care what it costs I'm not willing to do any of that anymore and apathy overtakes our appetite and Jesus walks in the room and sees no hunger at all so he does not respond Maybe our problem is is that our need is no longer evident He saw their hunger and responds He saw their need and it breaks his heart He saw their need and he goes out of his way to impact their lives forever We are so obsessed with convincing everyone that we have it all together. We are so obsessed with proving to everyone our lack of need that not only can we not see each other's needs, maybe Jesus can't see our needs either. We'll stroll in here week after week, life falling apart, and try to convince everybody that we're blessed we, we will stroll in here week after week, our life completely falling apart, shattered, tattered. At wit's end and try to convince everybody around us that we still know how to praise and that we can still get our dance on and I'm okay and don't worry about me. You'll ne- never let them see you sweat, never let them see you cry, never let them see you down. And I wonder if maybe because we don't recognize one another's needs and that Jesus uses us to meet one another's needs that maybe he doesn't respond to our needs because he can't see them. We've slipped into this case-sirah-sirah mindset. Whatever it'll be, it'll be. I'm good with that. I I stroll in late. I don't have to prepare. No effort on my part. And if God moves, I'm good with that. And if He doesn't, I'm good with that too. See, we used to say that we live and move and have our being in Him. I'm not convinced of that anymore. I'm convinced that most of us are convinced that we can live our life just as well with God or without God. We have moved into survival and called it living abundantly. We've bought the lie that survival is sufficient. We've bought this this concept that a taste is all he has for us. When the reality is, is that if we were hungry, the Bible clearly d- d- declares to us that we would find ourselves living in a level of blessing that is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. But I don't even have enough to get me from Sunday to Wednesday. But that's all right. I can make it. I'm tough. I'm angry with apathy. Apathy is killing us. Comfort will kill you. What are you going to do about it? I think next Sunday I'm turning all the AC off and we're going to pull all these chairs out and put sawdust on the floor and then maybe, really, is that really what it would take? It's not about physical things. It's about spiritual appetite. We have to prepare ourselves for the presence of God. See, why? The reason is, is that the good news is that Jesus can still feel. He is just looking for a group of people that grow hungrier by the day. When, we, when one taste will no longer satisfy us, when one touch, although it's significant, isn't enough, I will hold on for, I will believe for, and I will place demand on more when we come to that place. Jesus responds. It's interesting to me, and I'm not going to stay here long. I just want to mention this to you because it's obvious. Jesus can still fill to the place where there are leftovers. In fact, come to think of it, every time Jesus dealt with hunger, there were always leftovers. There was enough to go around and then some. That's the day that I'm looking for. But we don't get to that day strolling here apathetic, saying, ah, if God moves this Sunday, fine. If He doesn't, we got next Sunday. I don't really, we don't get that kind of blessing that I talked to you about last week that we're holding on for where God swamps you with. But you don't get that when you're overtaken by apathy and lack of demand. It just does not happen. You got to pay the price. You've got to be willing to sacrifice. You got to be willing to spend time in His presence. You got to come to this place where you're no longer satisfied with getting filled and then living on crumbs for the rest of your life. Some of you got touched by God 20 years ago and have never had a fresh encounter and you've been okay with that. I poo-poo on that idea today. Forget that mess. Some of you got miraculously turned around when you were a teenager and you haven't had a significant encounter with God again. Well, if I could just go back to when I was 16 and get to camp and they'd get the music just right and I'd be exhausted from playing all day. Then I give me a break. Why don't you just get hungry enough that in your present day with all the bills pressing in and kids clamoring for your attention and struggling at work, why don't you just come to the place where you say, God, I am so hungry for you that I refuse to live one more day, one more minute, one more second without a divine encounter with you and I will make any adjustments and any sacrifices and take any length of time that I have to to get in, his, in your presence again because I'm desperate for a touch from you. Can I tell you what I have? Jesus will respond to that I'm calling you to the place where you get enough manna for today but you quit trying to live on that manna for the rest of your life and you recognize that today's supply is not enough and you will get up in the morning and be just as hungry as you were on Sunday morning, on Monday morning. And Tuesday morning you'll get up starved for His presence. And Wednesday morning you'll get up and you'll be desperate for His presence. And Thursday morning you'll get up crying out to God and say, I'm desperate for you and I'm falling on my knees in front of you. And on Friday morning you'll go crazy if you haven't experienced Him yet. And on Saturday you, instead of running to the lake you'll run to Him and say God I'm here and I'm desperate for you. You've got to touch me. You've got to change my life. i Need a touch. so that when we get together on Sunday all we're dealing with is leftovers the excess this should never be the main meal why were there leftovers I'll deal with that later but for now I'm on an assignment today to stir hunger up in you I declare over us that apathy has to go Lack of demand has to go. Are you hungry? Are you so hungry that you will push past normal? Are you so hungry that you will walk, that you will wait, that you will ask, that you will keep asking until you get Jesus to move? Are you so hungry that you will praise when nobody else will praise? Are you so hungry that you will come in here desperate for a move of God? And if the praise team can't carry a note in a bucket and the preacher can't preach his way out of a paper sack, you can still have an encounter with God because it's not based upon my, my, my gifting. It's based upon the fact that you have a demand on a supply that is sufficient. How hungry are you? So hungry that you refuse to go through one more going through the motion service. So hungry that you have refused to go one more day without an encounter with Him. So hungry that you refuse to allow one, a one minute stop in the altar satisfy you. How hungry are you? If you are not hungry for Him, He will not respond. I just want to declare to you today that we do not have a supply issue. We simply have a demand issue. You know, the happiest I see a lot of you is when we get out of here on time on Sunday. Just get me out of here. I can do my one hour duty as a Christian and I'll be good all week long. Really? Really? Really, that supplies everything you need? apathy more concerned about what you're going to eat at Applebee's at lunch than what you got this morning that would help you get through the week and I just say to you this morning if we are going to become all that we need to become and that God is going to grow this church the way he wants to grow it not for our sake but for his sake and for his kingdom's glory I want to tell you that apathetic people can never get God to grow anything it bothered anybody that on this little sheet, we've been stuck at 14. Happened to have one this week. One of Julie's students made a recommitment to the Lord at camp and let her know about it. But has it bothered anybody that for the last three and a half months we've been stuck on 14? Well, you're just about the numbers. You better believe I'm about the numbers. Those are souls that are being saved. But why would anybody want what you got? If you can live without it, if it doesn't impact your life, if you can take it or leave it, how hungry are you? I challenge you this morning shake up, shake off apathy, and become desperate for Him again. Father, this morning, we repent of being apathetic. God, I repent of being in a hurry to get past your stuff so I can get to my stuff. God, I'm praying this morning that you would challenge some folks. To seek you again. To press into your presence again. To wait on you again. Your word teaches us, Father, that when we wait on you, our, ne- our strength is renewed. Maybe we're weak because we won't wait. God, I just know this morning I'm convinced that we do not have a, a supply issue. You've got more than enough. You've always had more than enough. You will always have more than enough. So my issue is not... You. You. My issue is simply demand. I've grown comfortable with hunger. With a lack of hunger. And I've grown comfortable with a lack of an encounter with you. And I've grown comfortable with going through the motions. And I've grown comfortable with doing life on my own. And I've grown comfortable with a taste. And I've grown comfortable with a 20 year ago touch. And I've grown comfortable. And that comfortable is killing me. So, Father, this morning, I just ask you to stir up hunger again. God, I know under the sound of my voice right now, there are individuals that have literally not had a significant encounter with you in months, if not years. The cares of life have crushed them and diverted their attention. Their calendar has filled up to the degree that They don't know if they're coming or going. And they certainly don't have any time for you. God, there are people under the sound of my voice that have gone through such pain and heartache that their attention has become distracted and refocused on that, and now they've lost their desire for you. Some have medicated their hunger by filling that void with other things. But they're discovering that it's not satisfying and they got to have something else and something else. Father, this morning I pray that you'd rip all that away and we would become starved for your presence again. We would become like these people. We would become so desperate for an encounter and for a few moments with you that we would even forget our physical needs because we'd. Realize that our spiritual needs are more significant. So, Father, this morning I'm asking for my people that you would give us a new level of ask. That we would begin to ask again and again and again and again and again again until we get everything that we need. Father, I pray that you would recognize in this group of people... That you got a hungry crowd on your hands. And that you would respond accordingly. In Jesus' name. This is how we're going to do this this morning. I'm going to open up these altars to you. I'm asking you. To be willing. To stay as long as you need to stay. Well second service is going to start. I don't care. We'll let them in. And we'll just have service. And you can just stay right at the altar, right at your chair, wherever you need to go. But I'm asking you to take the amount of time, whether that's 20 seconds, whether that's two hours, I don't care. Whatever you got to do to get along with God and become hungry again to kill apathy in this place again. So that we become desperate and passionate again about his presence. So that we will do everything that we personally have to do to see him move. In our lives, again, these altars are open if you're not at that place and maybe you're already full and maybe you do have hunger and maybe you're where you need to be, then you're dismissed. But I'm asking you, if you are hungry at all, to allow the Holy Spirit to meet with you today.
1: my life. Welcome to Passion. For more information about Passion, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, You can't live without passion.